Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Probably. I can't, you know, I've got so many things I want to do, but I probably in January, if God will let me do it, I'm going to do the thing I do on the fivefold ministry, as I said. And we're going to begin to issue those giftings. In other words, we're going to start letting you understand where that gifting's at in your life. Now, everybody is part, not maybe part of the fivefold ministry, but everybody has ministry gifts. And what we want to do is, is make sure that those gifts are developed. And bless God, in order to develop those gifts, they've got to be identified, and I realize that. And then, bless God, we've got to do what? We've got to begin to, to understand and utilize the working of them. You know, I know that a lot of people think that I believe that the most important office is that of a prophet. But you're wrong. The most important office of all five, being the apostles and prophets of pastors, evangelists, and teachers, happen to be the pastors. That's the most important office of all of it, because their place is to watch over and to keep watch upon the sheep. All right? That's their place. Now, if they would do what they're supposed to do and let me do what I'm supposed to do, the evangelists and the, the teachers and, and, bless God, the apostles, we can make the thing work just real nice. Well, it's going to work nice in the end, but we first have to do what? We gotta, you know, we're going to have to make sure that everybody understands uh, where they're walking at. Not everybody's going to be apostles or, pa- or prophets or pastors, evangelists or teachers, all right? But everybody, there's a calling in everybody's life to be, to be part of the ministry. And that's what we want to do. We want to be able to take those giftings and, bless God, anoint you and let those giftings begin to start coming forward. So I'm hoping that's what I get to do in January. Now, when you come down there, probably we're going to do something different. All right, anytime I do this, usually I, you know, I'm going, I shouldn't have said that, should I? But anyway, we will do that sometime or other, okay? If it's not January, then the next quarterly. But we will get after it. I know I, know I need to do a thing on defilement. I know that I've got to, because that, that, that's, again, that goes right along with a lot of what we're doing here this weekend. You know, it's not what you know that will hurt you. It's what you don't know when it comes to the Word. And there's so many places to defile, and people don't even know they're defiling. See, some of you didn't even know you had defiled God by serving Halloween. You didn't know that, and now you know that. What has that done? Now it's made you free. You're free. You're not under that bondage. It's been broken. You've repented. God's forgiven you for it. Now, you, now you're in right standing with God. And I hope that you can understand that because of those things, what happens is we get out here and think we're doing so well and everything's going right, but something just isn't right, is it? Something just doesn't seem to come, come together. The blessings don't seem to flow. And the reason is, is because there's somewhere you're walking in defilement. There's somewhere that there's defilement in your life. And so if we can help you begin to see and understand what defilement is in many areas of where defilement lies within your lives, your ministries, uh, you'll be surprised what that'll do. It'll, what it'll do for your your life and your walk. Well, let's, uh, if you will, uh, let's turn to Hebrews, the tenth uh, chapter of Hebrews, and we're going to finish this up. Uh, like I said, we're going to get to the meat of this thing here. And uh, 
or at least I hope we do. If we don't, we'll have to stay a little longer. How's that one? Uh, you know, I always say one great thing about it, that you all either live close enough or you're staying in a hotel that time doesn't mean a whole lot, or at least I hope it doesn't. All right, Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Uh-oh. For he is faithful that promised. Now, how do we hold fast? How do we hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering? Well, you know, that comes down to the thing that I'd like to have done tomorrow, but I'm not going to get to do it. Uh, as I prayed this afternoon, now we're going to do a thing tomorrow evening on these things, these fires in California, the drought that's taking place down here in the southeast, and I'm going to talk about how God, uh, uh, when the visions came, and the things of that and things that are still to come with all that stuff, so I'm not going to get to do that. But the key to this thing is understanding that you've got to hang on, okay, hold fast. It must mean that, bless God, there's a chance of, of turning it loose, and it says without, without wavering. What does that simply mean? You, the biggest enemy you've got is this thing that's just, just about an inch underneath your nose, okay? And that's the biggest enemy you've got because it is run by your five senses, it's controlled by your mind, and it says anything it wants to say, and it is selfish. Uh-oh, be careful now. You're, you're, now, you're getting, now you're meddling. No, it's selfish, and it only says what it can say to protect us. Okay? And that's what it says. And always has an excuse. Well, you know, this would have worked. Well, but, you know, I mean, after all, the devil come along and did this, or, you know, the preacher said that. Now, we have always excuse, but the biggest enemy you have is right here. Until you learn to make your profession nothing but the word of God, the devil is going to beat you over the head with God's word. See, the Bible says, and we taught this last time, the quarterly, that if you will speak out of your mouth and believe in your heart when you speak to that mountain, that it be removed and be cast into yonder sea. If you doubt not, what happens? The mountain moves. And like I pointed that out, and it was so strong, and when we were there under that anointing, nothing about using the name of Yeshua. It says, you speak, you believe, and it will be done. That's what the Word says. You've got to learn to hold fast to your profession. What you're speaking, you've got to hang on to, and you don't waver, for his, he is faithful to promise. Okay, so we're talking about tithing. We're talking about, we're talking about bless God, the giving of uh, alms, of the giving of the things that you have extra that you want to give, whether material or it's money. That you want to understand that this thing that we've been teaching you here today about the fact of putting up those treasures in heaven is what you're trying to do. Uh, there is no money... There's no gold and there's no silver and there's no diamonds that's up there uh, that's being laid up for you, okay? What's being laid up for you is, Steve did this for the poor. Steve went out and bought somebody a coat that didn't have a coat. Or, bless God, Greg, or whatever your name may be, did this and did that. That's what's going to be laid up up there. And upon that day that you stand before the Lord God, he is going to look at that, and I call that a tote board, all right? Now, God doesn't call it that, it's just me. And he's going to look at that big old tote board, 
And he's going to go down through there, and he's going to go, Oh me, or oh my. And that's what he's going to do. You're going to be the one that's going to regulate what's on that board. And there's a whole lot of things, a whole lot more important than you giving tithes and offerings so you can get money. It's the tote board, okay? So try to grasp on and try to, in your own, in all of our finite minds, and understand that we want one thing from God. There's only one thing, brothers and sisters, we're after. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all we're looking for. We're not looking for, for yachts, airplanes, uh, bless God, uh, million-dollar homes in, in the Bahamas. We're looking for well done. That's what this is about. This isn't about how big a church we can build. As a matter of fact, you've heard me say, we ain't building no churches. We're not building churches. We're going to have fellowships, none of which will probably get any bigger than it's in this room. We're going to raise up the ministry. The ministry is going to then split as the fellowship grows, and that ministry that's proven itself is going to go over that plate, and they're going to have a room. And it's going to keep happening and keep happening and keep happening and keep happening. Why? Because God has got a plan for this last day. God has got to raise up a people that, bless God, that is going to produce. See, darkness is going to produce in these last days, as this world has never seen. But I got the good news, and aside for the good news, whatever darkness does, we're going to make it look like a pimple on a bull's behind. How do you like that one? Okay? Because we are going to rise up as the children of Almighty God, and we're going to take back what the devil has taken from us and our families, and we're going to stick him right in the ear with it. Why? Because we are, we are who God says that we are. We're not the back end of the train. We are the front of the train or the front of the bus. What the problem has been, we have had things out of sync. We have gone, and like I said, we've learned about salvation. We've learned about the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost. We have, we have been taught faith. We've been talked about how to receive money by tithing and giving offerings, which never has worked. But the problem has been is because we didn't put all this in order. The things that I read to you today about how it was the Lord God said unto Joshua, if you will meditate, if you will, day and night, if you observe and do all that's written in the law, he said you will prosper. And that prospering, brothers and sisters, means this. There will be no plague come nigh your dwelling. And plagues are coming. This prophet unknows and I've seen the visions. The plagues are coming. You're seeing what's happening. I'm going to talk tomorrow, after, tomorrow evening about this bacteria thing that's going through that's killing kids in these schools. It's all part of what the Lord God began to show me back in the 90s, the late 80s. This come, and it's come because of sin. It's come because the church went to sleep and the church got into religion is why it's come. You say, well, in, in the fact that this nation is sin? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because the church wouldn't stand up and, bless God, do their part in all this. The church that stood up, bless God, we wouldn't have had a mealy-mouthed president that, bless God, that stood on a platform for queers and abortion. It would have never happened if we'd have stood up. The church didn't stand up. The church went off and hid themselves. You know why? Because there wasn't any real prophets in charge. 
If there had been a real prophet in charge, Bill Clinton would have never gotten the White House. He'd have never got there. Probably neither would the Bushes either, by the way. Who's going to be the next president? You know, I'm going to tell you something. It's not like I don't get nosy and ass, but I haven't even known for the last two. Or the la well, the, the previous one. I shouldn't say accounting this one. I haven't heard yet. If I do, I'm big enough blabbermouth, I'll tell you. But the fact of it is, it really doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. When um, Reagan was president, I ought to say this to Lamar. What are we doing here, Lord? When Reagan was president, the Lord told me to prophesy that, that he would become president the first term that he was. And he said that you prophesy and, and tell the people that he will be the last president of the United States of America that will guard in any way, shape, or form that which our Constitution is all about. He'll be the last one. And he has been the last one. Now, the Illuminati is real. It's in place. It runs our government and most of the governments of this world. I don't think that, I don't think that a lot of you are probably ignorant to those terms. But the fact of it is, that's all going in a worldly way of speaking straight to hell. Now, we can't do anything about that. You see, we can't do anything at this point about the presidency. I know that differs to what the church tries to tell you, that, oh, we can meditate, we can pray, we can fast, we can intercede, and we can, if you can pray till the cows come in, and you're not going to change what's already been set in the die. Okay, it's over. It doesn't matter if Mickey Mouse becomes president of the United States. It ain't going to work. And God help us if Hillary Clinton becomes the president of the United States. Again, do you think the church is going to stand up and vote? I'll guarantee you they're not going to stand up and vote. And to see and to know what all that's about, my Lord and my God, <laughs> you think we've seen a circus, you better get ready. You better, you better just you better just stand back because it's going to be it's going to be a circus. Let's go to Malachi. I'm gonna I'm chasing a rabbit here. I got to be careful. Got to be careful. Oh, I love it. I love it when God says Malachi three. Now, when we got into this, and I what I did was I want to start back in eight Malachi three eight. And I want you to understand there's reasons for this tithe, all right? Now, it says in 8, will a man rob God? Uh, God forbid, I, I would imagine. No one would want to rob him. Yet you've robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. So he answers it. And then he says, you're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, I want you to pay attention in the ninth verse when it says that you're cursed with a curse. Now, when God says this, when God says this, then you are cut off from the blessings. And what a curse does is a curse cuts you off from the blessings of God and lets those things that have been placed in the earth as curses come upon you and your family. And there's all kind of things, diseases and and ever imaginable thing is there within the earth, within these curses. Now, we'll try to get into that one of these days, but not tonight. So you're cursed with a curse, for you robbed me. So the first thing that we have got to get into your, your spirit, man, and the only person that can answer this thing is you. Have you robbed God of tithes and offerings? 
And you say, well, uh, well, yeah, well. Now there was times I just couldn't. I either had to, either had to. T- now wait a minute. That is not what the word says. See, the word doesn't say. Now you pay this tithes and offering unless you have a hard time and you get laid off at work and you can't, you can't make the car payment. Then make the car payment. And tithes and offering don't belong to the next door neighbor or your son or your daughter either. By the way, okay. Now. Have you tithed? Now, again, I'm not acting please. Don't raise your hand. Have you robbed God? Have you always, as when you become a Christian, have you given God your tithes and offering? Now, I said don't you raise your hand because I want to raise mine. See, before I had understanding of this thing, I had all kind of sloppy ways of tithes and offerings. And I didn't understand. The angel came to me, and the angel began to teach me what I'm teaching you today. That, bless God, if you're not going to tithe and you're not going to give offerings, you're cursed. Now, if you're cursed, now listen to me, game out, it's over. I don't care whether you speak in tongues. I don't care, bless God, if you can raise the dead in the name of Yeshua. You're not going to be blessed of God. You may be a blessing to somebody, but you're not going to be blessed. Why? Because you have defiled God. You can't defile God and expect for God to turn around and bless you. It doesn't work that way. Now, somebody understand this. It takes the consistency of God's Word performed in your life every day in order to produce the blessings from God. Somebody say amen. Now, that's not a hard formula. But what's tough about that is, is the word consistency. Because you see, uh, here comes the devil. And the devil comes up and he pokes you. And bless God, well, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't. I had a lady one time come to me and she said, well, she said, I'm on a limited income, prophet. She said, I, you know, she said, I struggle to have the gasoline money to drive down here uh, every week. And she said, I can eat, I'm either going to have to tithe or I'm going to have to buy gasoline. Now, prophet, which is it? I said, well, it's simple. You tithe. Well, I'm going to tithe. And, and, I, and I said, no, 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 wait a minute. I said, stop right there. You tithe. Hang on to the profession of your faith. And bless God, I'm going to guarantee you, you'll be here every Sunday if you will tithe and put an offering in that plate. Well, she said, I wish I could have that kind of faith. I said, you don't need that kind of faith. Just do what I'm telling you. Tithe, give offering. And the money will be there. Next week she showed up. The week after she showed up. About three weeks after that, she come to me and she said, Prophet, I want to apologize. She said, You made me mad. I said, Well, that's part of my plan. <laughs> okay, that's part. And I didn't say God's plan. <laughs> it's part of my plan. I said, I want to shock you into reality. I said, Now, now tell me about having gas money. You said you couldn't do both, but you were here. Well, she said, it just show up. She said, I got back an insurance check that I didn't even know I had coming. She said, that had enough gas to get me here on two weeks. Then she said, bless God, somebody I loaned money to five years ago sent it in the mail to me. I said, do you understand, darling, what God is trying to tell you if you will tithe and quit robbing him and quit walking in the curses, then he can bless you and he can bless you in a supernatural way. Beyond anything that you've ever known. You know, the thing about it is, you've got to try it. You've got to walk out here in faith, and you've got to just say, God, here I am. I don't understand how it works. God knows we don't understand how it works. 
But God, I believe and I'm going to hold on to my profession of faith, and I'm going to believe that your word promises me that if I'll give. Now listen, after the 10th verse, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, and there may, there may be meat in mine house to prove me now uh, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. Now listen to this, and pour out, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So he says, if you tithe and give offerings, he said, I will open up the windows of heaven. Now, see, the windows of heaven don't just open up, just ever, ever whipsnitch, okay? Uh, most of which happens because you keep Shabbat, if you'll study those, uh, those uh, CDs back there. But there's times when those windows will open up. Now, here is a freebie, folks. Understand the word freebie. If you will do this, and you'll not steal, you're not robbed from God, and you'll get faithful in it, then he says, he said, if you'll do this, he said, I will open up you the windows of heaven for you, specifically you, and pull out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, I don't want everybody to stand up at the same time when I ask how many wants to, uh, wants to stand up and shout that you've received so many blessings that you don't have no more room to receive anymore. Because that's just not the truth, is it? We have not because we believe not. And that's what our problem is. Our problem isn't the fact that God doesn't have and made a place for you and I. The problem is we have never gotten to the place of understanding that you can make some of this stuff work. These are automatic blessings. These, bless God, are the easiest blessings that you can collect on this earth. Is just flat getting into it and understand it. And every time you don't tithe, every time you don't give the offering, then I want to tell you something. You want to think like this. Uh-oh. Now I've done it, I've cursed myself and I've cursed my family. But you know what we do? We go back to that building called a church, which we think is our salvation. It's not. And we get in there and we hold up our hands and we shout and we dance around and they pour the oil and we fall on the floor and we run up and down the aisles and all this is going on. And, whoa, what an anointing. My Lord, what a night we had in church. And then you go right back home into the same curse that you came in with, and you take it right back out the door with you, and it's there the next week, and it's there the next month, and it's going to stay there until somebody that's got the power of the anointing of God can minister the living word that it is and get it into your spirit, man. Get it into your hearts, into your noggins, where you understand you've got to walk out of the curses. You've got to walk out of them. If you stay there, you're never, you're never going to survive. You're never going to come out of it. If you dare to repent, if you dare to bring yourself back into right standing with God, where you can get into this thing where the windows of heaven open up and, and a blessing that you can't even uh, conceive to begin to receive it, then you know what? Here's what I've always told people. If you'll just do it one time, Listen to me. If you'll just do it one time and watch it work, God's got you. If you'll do it once and see this thing in full operation, you will never be the same the rest of the days on the face of this earth. Now, that's exciting. Amen? That's exciting because, you see, there again, what makes us different than them? Huh? What makes you and I different from this world out here? Can the tithe and offering? You bet it can. And if you and I can just understand 
that God won't tolerate. See, this thing is so important that God will not tolerate us not doing it. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been preached at like this and just flat told that if you have never done that, you have been walking in curses, and it's no wonder you're sick. It's no wonder you're broke. It's no wonder you're depressed. It's no wonder your families are a mess because you have robbed God, and you're not going to rob God and get away with it. He said you'll be cursed with a curse. Now, the grand thing about it is that we're going to give you an opportunity in a little while now, listen to this one, to be uncursed, all right? Now, there's no such a thing in Webster's Dictionary, but uh, that's just a, uh, just a way a prophet would probably mess with it. But, but, but God will let that curse be broken. He's going to let that curse be broken tonight. Don't miss the opportunity. Let me tell you about deliverance. Deliverance is a wonderful thing. The only person in this world can get you delivered is you. Okay? I can't do that for you. You have to say, yep, that's me, and you have to, oh, I get times when we get to heaven. There's nights I walk out, and I say, well, boys and girls, tonight we're going to have deliverance church, and boy, everybody goes, oh. They know what that means. What does that mean? It means that God is going to find your sin. I can walk these aisles, and I can tell all you in this room things that you're doing that you wouldn't no more want anybody in this world to know you're doing. You wouldn't want it knowing things that you've thought. Why? Because that's what I do. And when you get to a certain point with this prophet, there's some things in your lives that you're not willing to let go of. This prophet's going to absolutely get you to a point where you will turn loose of it. Why? Just out of the fact that what I went through when I was sitting there. Just out of the fact of an embarrassing of socks off of me, I decided I better get delivered from it. Did it work? Did for me. Will it for you? You bet it will. No problem. Will you let us know what time, what night you're going to do that? And we just won't show up. No, that's the, the idea of it. <laughs> Surprise! Tonight's the night for deliverance. No, not, not tonight. Okay. And now let me let me tell you why I say that. Now, now I gotta I gotta clarify that. I I'm not gonna leave that with you. Some of you are never gonna come back. That will never happen until God has brought us as a group to a, to a place. Most of the deliverance in your lives is going to come from you. Now, if it gets down to the point where there's one thing in your life that's holding you back from raising the dead and doing the miraculous that God wants you to do through the Holy Son of His name, Yeshua, then this prophet will be sent by the angel to stand you up in front of a congregation and tell you what your sin is all about. Why would God do that? Because he wants your flesh down, and he wants you to work the greater works. That's what God wants. This is a generation that's going to do that. But, folks, I hope that you're beginning to realize something, that the church, the Pentecostal, the charismatic church, they can no more work in the miracles than a man in the moon just because of this right here, nothing else. Because they play with this thing. They one week they'll tithe next, and give offering. The next week they won't give any offering and they'll tithe. The week after they'll give, they'll give an offering, but they won't be able to make the tithe because, I mean, they got this to do and they got that to do. That's not God's fault, see? And that's what you've got to understand. You're going to see what God is saying. What have you done for me? He says, I ask you of your tithes and your offerings. And yet you what? You want me to do what? 
You want me to bless you and your family? You want health? You want finances? You bless God, you want the, the, the blessings of the kingdom? And you won't even give to me? Folks, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you look like that, does it? No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, so uh, why bring the tithe? We bring the tithe so we can receive those blessings, all right? Now, in the eighth verse there, the answer is either yes or no. You either did or you didn't rob God. And again, we're going to give you, we're going to talk about that. Curses are falling all around. as rain, okay, disasters, everything else. Uh, by what? Complying to God's word puts you under that umbrella that he has, under the, under the shadow of the wings of Almighty God in the 91st Psalm. But it's what puts you there, is you would adhere unto what? Under the law, under the things of God, and understand that. Now, in Deuteronomy 28, which is, again, probably one of the, not that now your Bibles will probably fall open there, but just go ahead and turn there anyway. Uh, the thing that I, that I just treasure about this 28th chapter is the way that it starts out. And the reason I want you to, to, to always keep this in front of you is to understand that first verse of 28 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently, okay, unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all of his commandments, too, which I command this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee, overtake thee, that thou shalt, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, those are promises. The thing that I have said to the church for, for numbers and numbers of years, we have boasted about these promises, but none of us wear them, or none of us really have these promises in our lives. We really don't see it. And it's like I've always said, where, where the church lives is in the 15th verse, which now listen, says this, but it shall come to pass, same, the same Hebrew is used there that's used in 28.1. If thou will, hark, will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, if you don't observe and do all the commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. See, there, there's two promises there. And I don't think that, bless God, that we are aware that both of those are promises. That God promises that all these blessings will come on us if we do those things, and all these curses will be promised to us if we don't do those things. And that's the reason I said that what you'll find in church tomorrow morning sitting next to you is everything from 15, uh, bless God, down through, uh, down through uh, 68, I think it is, isn't it? 68? Now I'm going to have to look now. Bless God, here you go, one more page. Yep, 68. You'll find that, bless God, that's what's, that, the curses are there. Now, it doesn't make any sense to me that, bless God, that, that all these curses are in the churches when we're running around, falling down the floor, waving flags, jumping up and down, and shouting the name of Yeshua. But yet at the same time, when we got, you know, you know when those small, still moments of when you wake up in the night or you get up and you're by yourself for a few more, when you've got to get honest just between you and the Lord God, you know what that's all about? I sure do. Then we have got to be, come to a place of reality about where are we living at in all of this? Have we gone to church all these years and bless God in vain? Maybe all this doesn't really work. See, that's what I told the first pastor I was around. They kept saying, bring the sick in. Bless God, we kept bringing them in. And bless God, I was there for one whole year, and guess how many people was healed? Nobody. 
And so I went to the pastor. I thought, well, maybe, maybe the, the, by faith. And, 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 you know, I didn't know. I'd never been. But I had seen people healed because of me praying. But why weren't we seeing it in that church? Well, pastor, he said, well, it's because of your faith. Now, I love my pastor. Dear God in heaven, I went home and I began to weep. I said, God, if it's our faith, show us how to strengthen our faith so the so pastor can bless God to have a church that can work these works. See, I thought maybe we was lying to the people. I said, oh, if we're lying to the people, I'm leaving. Okay? If we're lying to the people, if we're telling the people that God heals and nobody's ever healed, isn't that a lie? See, I'm going this way. That means yes. That's a lie. Now, if God, if God isn't healing and we're trying to tell people that they can be healed by the stripes that he brought upon the tree, and they're not, something's wrong. See, the problem with this prophet, I'm a realist, and that's not good. Or maybe that's great, being a prophet and being that way. I'm not sure, but you see, I'm not into all the coming down out of the sky. I'm in the absolutely it is black or it's white. It either is or it ain't. Hope there's no school teachers here. I used I used to get nasty letters when I was on TV and the radio from all the school teachers, tell me you you need to quit saying that word. And I'd write back and say they wouldn't say what word. I'd write back and say what word. Well, I knew what word. I just wanted to aggravate them. Ain't okay. Well, we got past that, didn't we? But if it either works or it doesn't work, these blessings are either for us here and for today, or folks we're in a, we're in the wrong place. We're serving the wrong God. Let's take up something else. Let's quit, waste, let's quit wasting our time acting like God's going to do something when God's not doing anything for the most part. And see, that's what began to bring my, my Hebrew uh, upbringing back. That's what began to bless God stir me in the middle of the night because I began to realize the church is not the book of Acts. We, 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 we lost that anointing that was in the book of Acts. It went somewhere. Something happened that bless God that is and I'm gonna tell you this is part of what happened. We quit demanding from these holy beamers that the that the congregation do things according to the word of God. You know what we got demanding? That you give us the money so we can build a four million dollar structure out here and call the church and lean back and go, Look what we built. That's what we started demanding out of you. I've had so many pastors come and say, Now, prophet, we really want you to come, but just don't preach on sin. Well, that's all the prophets know to preach on is sin. That's what we're set from the foundation of this world to do, is to preach against sin. They're around a real prophet, and he, well, there aren't any real prophets that don't preach against sin. Because, see, that's what the problem is. It's a sin problem. It's a sin problem. It's a sin problem when you don't give tithes and offerings. It's according to sin. Proverbs, Proverbs 3. I'm excited about God. Proverbs 3. I love it when God does this. Proverbs 3. Now, in the ninth verse, it says this. Now, this is Proverbs 3, 9. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Does that mean some of your increase? No, all of it. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, Brother Deckard, are you trying to say that 
bless God, that I get my regular paycheck, and I tithe and give offerings out of that. And then, bless God, are you trying to tell me then when I get my dividend check for what I invested in, I have to tie that to? Yeah, all of your increase. Not just part of it, all of your increase. And again, if you begin to understand that the key of this thing is that God is watching. <laughs> oh, I hate that part. God, see, we get to think that we're hiding. We get to think that God missed that one. Amen? We all, I'm, we all do. I got my hand up. But no, he didn't miss anything. Bless his heart, how does he do that? Because he's God, okay? He's omnipresent. And bless God, he knows. He knows the purpose, the intent of our heart. And, you know, I've always said, if God would just strike, just just this four from me, every time I messed up with lightning, I'd straighten up real quick. So would you, okay? But you know what? He's not that kind of a God, is he? He says, you choose. This choice business I don't think was the best idea in the world. God did, but I didn't, okay? Because, see, he could have said, you will do all this, and you will be perfect before the Lord God, and you will not stray from it because I will ordain it. So you know what? This would be in a perfect world just like it was in the garden. But no, no. Well, I can't wait to get to heaven to black Adam's eye. I don't want to hit a lady, you know, with, with Eve, but no, I think I'm going to black Adam's eye. Why? Because look what he did to us. One guy fouling up what God said. Now look at the way we're having to live. No, I wouldn't hit him. No. Yeah, I don't think you hit each other when you get to heaven. Let's hope not. <laughs> let's really hope not, okay? Let's just let's hope oh, let's hope we get that all out of our system down here, okay? Now, I do not tithe out of bondage, but out of love and obedience, and besides that, I happen to like the results. Okay? And you should happen to like them too. You should happen to like them. But again, folks, don't try to get yourself in a place where you're robbing God because you're trying to make up the rules as how that you're going to tithe. Now listen to me one more time. The tithe goes into the storehouse from where you've been fed. All right? If I'm feeding you, the tithe comes to this prophet. If you're being fed down at the first church of the righteous, you put it in down there. But it doesn't go, your tithe does not go to pay for the heat. It doesn't go for that. It doesn't go because, bless God, that mom needs a new whatever washer and dryer. It doesn't go for that. It goes to God. And it has to happen every time there's an increase for you. Every time. Now, it may be uh, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is. It doesn't make any difference. You see to it that you do it. Now, again, in 310, the storehouse is where you're being fed, all right, out of 310. Learn to pay the tithe first, and you'll be a lot, I'm going to tell you something, you'll be a lot further ahead. When you, when the first check that you write, or the first the way that money that you put in, a, in an envelope, you make the tithe out. Throw a little offering in. Offering's extra, okay, extra blessing. As I told the guy, put another 80 cents in and have 80 cents worth of blessing uh, of, of an offering, you know. But again, if, if you're in this thing and you're, see, being a Jew, tithing isn't the, isn't the easiest thing in the world for us to do. Why? We can rub the head off an Indian head nickel, okay, without turning loose of it. Still can. If there's not many Indian head nickels around, probably, for that reason. There's been too many Jews have a hold of them. They said, we can't do this because they're rubbing the head off the Indian head nickels. They took them off the market. No, that's not what happened. 
But you have to realize that your entirety of God's blessings that overtake you, that you can't receive that big of a blessing coming down from heaven, has to do with whether or not you are doing that from here. The Charismatics got into a thing, and I thought it was pretty good, about how it was. I was at a Charismatic church, and the pastor said, now we're going to take up the offering. And I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden I looked up, and I'm telling you, people started shouting. They started applauding. They started jumping up and down. I go, what is wrong with these people? pastor had taught them to give, give in a joyful manner. You have an opportunity. God is giving you an opportunity to be blessed. Now celebrate the fact that he's going to let you be blessed or he's going to bless you because you're going to give your tithes and going to give your offerings. Now, uh, bless God, uh, you might think about that. Uh, we won't ask you to do that tonight, but uh, bless God, it's neat to think about. Get in the book of Ecclesiastics, which is just over a few pages here in my Bible. And in the 11th chapter, and of course we've heard this, this uh, piece of, ministry many, many times. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it it after many days. Now, the fact is to keep on casting your bread on the water and because the results will come, okay? Then that's a key. Don't ever quit casting it. Don't ever quit casting that bread upon the water. You keep doing it. Now, one of the things that I'm always asked, maybe some of you are asking the same question to yourselves now, well, prophet, just when is this going to happen? Well, it said after many days there. Now, how many is many days? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you one thing I do know, that God is constantly testing our hearts. God constantly wants to know. Well, I wonder what they'll do or what they'll say if it's another month till they're blessed. Now, I'm going to tell you the answer to that. Whether you and I live or we die, we belong to him. It really doesn't matter, folks. That what matters is that tote board that's up there, when that day that we stand there and God said, oh, 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 yeah, look at this, that's what's important. You're not going to be a blessing, as I said in the beginning of this, until what? Until, bless God, you're blessed. When you're blessed, then you can be a blessing. Again, I've watched people try to literally give themselves, give their way out of their financial mess. And you know how many of them I've seen succeed? At this date, I don't know anybody that has. Because, again, that's not what this thing's about. It's not about money. It is about what? Blessings. All right? And those blessings will come in a lot of ways. Could it be money? Yes, it can be money. It absolutely can be. And if, if that's where an area in your life that, bless God, you need help in, then, bless God, believe that that's going to be there. But, again, don't you get to thinking that I've got to do that. What you've got to think about this thing about being cursed, if you don't tithe and give offerings, is you've got to think about, oh, okay, do I want things to work out and turn a dingy-looking brown? No. Do I want to have cancer? No. Do I want things to happen to my family that's bad? No. That's what you want to begin to think of. You want to begin to think about this thing called the curses. You want to start saying, hey, look, it's not worth that. It's not worth me not doing this. That's the reason I said the first thing you need to do when you get your increase is, bless God, do what? Is to immediately take that tithe and put some offering with it. Let's go to Deuteronomy 26. Deuteronomy 26. I love the way God does things. Only God, only God 
can do. 26.14. I have not eaten thereof in my morning, neither have I taken away aught therefore for any unclean use, nor given aught thereof for the dead. But I have hearkened to the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. Now, I want to do something I don't do very often, but I want to read you, because that translation back out of Hebrew isn't that strong, and of all surprise in the world, the one out of the Amplified is, is a whole lot better. It just simply says, eaten of the tithe, making the tithe unclean. That's really what that is talking about, about this, have eaten of this thing. He said, I, neither have I taken any aught thereof for any unclean use, or given aught thereof for the dead. I have hearkened unto the voice of the Lord the God to all that thou hast commanded me. And in other words, he's saying, it says, eating of the tithe, making the tithe unclean. He said, I haven't done any of that. I kept the tithe clean. And that's what God wants. God wants us to keep that tithe clean. You know, brothers and sisters, as I said, the things of God are not hidden things. The things of God, bless God, they're all in place. It's not what you don't know. I said this earlier. I mean, what you do know, I'm sorry, that's going to hurt you. It's what you don't know. Few people know that, bless God, that if you don't tithe and you don't give your offerings unto the Lord God, that the game's over. You're cursed, and, and bless God, there isn't any, there's no other way to do it. Let's go to Leviticus. Turn with me in the book of Leviticus. Got some good news and bad news here, and some of you need to get your calculators out because God's about to get you. Leviticus uh, 27. Leviticus 27, 30, and 31. Now listen, 27, Leviticus 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Now, you need to underline that. That must be big-time stuff when God says, this, this is holy unto me. This isn't something to be touched. You don't want to touch the holy thing, okay? Now listen to 31. And if a man will, will at all redeem aught of my tithes, it doesn't pay it, he shall add thereof the fifth part thereof. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, the penalty for robbing God, and this should, this should discourage anybody, okay, from borrowing on his tithe, all right? If you did misuse God's tithe, and in the world of, or society, you could be arrested for misappropriation of funds. Never thought of it like that, did you? But you could be. All right? Now listen. Uh, notice he says he will add thereto. Now, the tithe is originally 10%. The penalty now is one-fifth, which means 20%. The tithe now that you owe God, and you said, well, wait a minute. Now, now, wait a minute. This was not the deal, prophet. I thought the deal was was, was walking in curses and then we could just repent. Oh, yeah, you can repent, but you still got to pay the penalty. Okay, and we're not got time to go into that tonight for the Scripture, but it's all there. The key is that now you need to understand that now you not only owe God the 10%, but now you owe him 30. You say, I quit. No, you don't. No, you don't. You understand this thing will hurt your billfold bad enough that you won't do it again. Now, did I misread the word? No, I didn't. That's what the word of God says about the tithe. 
and I doubt that there's anybody in this room has ever heard anything like that. But you can't, see, you can't just do what you want to do. These are God's rules, and you have to comply to His rules or die before your time. You choose. And then we go around, well, God, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, pray for me, prophet. I just don't know what's going on. You're defiling somewhere. See, God's not some meanie just hanging around to try to put a bind on your life so you'll yell, ouch. God has given us everything he has, including the only son that he has or ever will have had. There's nothing he held back. And yet we want to go around acting like nobody loves me. God don't love me. Well, well prophet, I've been keeping Sabbath. Every, I don't care if you keep Sabbath 20 times every, every year. And it would be more than that. <laughs> A little off the wall. If you're not tithing, you're cursed. If you're not going to pay the 30%, I don't know what to tell you. But don't come whining to the prophet. It's all there. It's all in black and white in my book, all right? It's all in place. It all tells us exactly. You want the blessings of God? You want the windows of heaven to pour? Then do it God's way. And if you don't, then go back to your religion and bless God, walk in the curses the rest of your life. Because you're not going to come out of it. You're not going to come out of it. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprofit.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprofit.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprofit.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.